Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the executive pastor of TC. Back again with me today is our lead pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and uh, it's so good to have you guys. And before it gets too crazy on here, we jump into too many talking points, and we have too much fun. Our guest that is here today, the one and the only, the one that takes way too long to get anywhere because he always takes the weird route, sure. the one whose injuries top every chart <laughs> of weirdness. <laughs> Um, and the only guy to go to breakfast with a number of other grown men and order one egg. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that is funny. What an introduction. What's up? <laughs> John, John said, <laughs> no, we, uh, John's going to have you on the podcast yeah. and, uh, we give John a hard time around here cause it's either him, Justin or me and it's rarely going to be me or Justin. So, um, but I do feel like. You introduce a lot of this for yourself. Oh, and it's fair. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. I've made peace with it. I, I remember one time in particular, just to give everyone an idea. He brings it on. That's we, for sure. we, we were all out eating somewhere, and John and Eli, one of our creative interns, you've heard of on the podcast, We uh, they needed to get back to the church before we did to set something up, oh. or to the office. So they left 10 minutes before we did. I feel like that's a stretch. Not stretch. <laughs> we we I, pull. I feel like we left like maybe three minutes. We, we pull up at the office, and John and Eli are not there. And about two or three minutes later, they come pulling in, and our first question is, "Where did you go?" And they're like, "We came straight here." And we're like, "That's impossible," because <laughs> I didn't even pass them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So I don't know. Well, granted. There is no green. Yeah, <laughs> Justin does drive. There's like always a green. NASCAR basic maneuvers <laughs> on the well, road. Well, that's you're going 66 and a 45 in the majority of the time. Well, 45 is too slow. If there's any cops that are looking for a white Jeep with a black trim package, <laughs> if you want to. Well, there's several of those in town now. If you want to, if you want an easy, easy ticket, just I'm follow. Not, them. It's not easy to get me. That's I true. Spot them, I spot them a mile ahead. <laughs> It took you and I'm gonna fight it. I'm gonna fight it anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. I know you're gonna do that. Why are you holding the mic like? That? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like like a rapper. So uh, yeah, I just like it to be touching something. You know. So, so today uh, t- it's good to be on the podcast and uh, having John with us. We're talking about this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. What a Sunday, man! Yep, it was awesome. It's a good, great worship. It's a good, good month. Yeah, it was a yeah. good series. A good month. Worship was great. Baptisms were dope. We baptized, was it eight? Is it eight? Yeah. Yeah, the number eight. We had three kids, which is just so cool, man, seeing kids get baptized. And shout out to our TC Kids coach, Lydia, and all our team leads, which would be Lydia and Leah and Ashley Ladd and Tanya, um, who do an incredible job. All of them are just awesome. So Lydia was baptizing kids, and we brought the kids in. From the TC Kids classrooms into the auditorium, and it was just a thing, and yeah. it was in the middle of worship, and it was just powerful. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was cool. It was Had cool. a lot of guests in the house, family members of the kids uh, that were getting baptized, and other people that were getting baptized. Just a lot dope. of people. 
Then the shot of Phaedra was Phaedra had her little god moment in the tank. And uh mm. that was that was powerful. Not a lot of there there wasn't a lot of dry eyes in the place. I know Justin's were, but uh, other than that, there wasn't a lot <laughs> It was moving. It was, it was very moving. It was, what? It was moving. It was. You have to like. I believe you. No, it was. I believe you. It was a I great do. moment. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a great moment. It was. It was good. It was, it was a good moment. Yeah. It was awesome. So, uh, last sermon in the series, Shine. And, uh, yeah, we dealt with, uh, we were talking about that the world may see and kind of dug into that world a little bit and uh, <clears throat> kind of talking about like what God's desire for us is and using a few different stories in the Bible to talk about what his desire for us is, what it looks like for us to go about it, and then how he's releasing us to do it and, and what the outcome could be. And so those are kind of the three things we accomplished this past Sunday. And we talked about the last part of the Shine series that the world may see. Now, if you want the full thing, you can go check it out on YouTube or go to the other channel on the podcast, go, I think go up one episode or two episodes and you'll see it from this past Sunday. So, um, but yeah, give it a listen, give it a listen or a watch, but yeah, but yeah, we, uh, as we were talking about, we've talked about this on a lot of Sundays. So I'm curious for you guys, what is, first of all, is your grandma a cook? Like, does your grandma cook anything? Are you close to your grandma? My grandma's dead. Well, fair enough, John. Golly, way, way to put it like that. Both, both my grandparents are dead. Right. Both grandma. You have four grandparents. All of them are, are passed away. Really? Yeah. Man, sorry to hear That's that, just John. the way you said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, did, you did say it very aggressive and sad. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but... Um, that makes just you know, a real down, downer. <laughs> a, I mean, I, you killed my vibe with that. I'm okay with it. <laughs> mine are passed away, too. You just were like, mine are dead. Did you know them, though? Like... Okay, what? So, did they use the cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a couple. Of, you know, one of my grandparents is, has passed on with the Lord. So, was your grandma? Was you one of your grandma's good cooks? Um, I would say yes. It's like, <laughs> my God. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> a long I would say pause. I would say yes, but it was like it's more so like um, <clears throat> it's very basic, basic foods, you know. What wasn't is it? anything like like an egg? It was well, okay. <laughs> right. it it wasn't anything like super in depth. Like you know, I'm sure your grandparent or your grandmother made like some sort of German German dish. She did, yeah. yeah. She, she you did. know, you know what I mean. It was it was like sauerbraten. It was like basic country cooking, like nothing, nothing. But I mean, serious. you say that, but there's some skill that goes into that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, listen, your there's whole a- demeanor right now does not make me think the food was that good. <laughs> it was good. It's been a while since I've had it. She passed away a while ago. There you Fair go. enough. So, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's good. What about you? Mine did. My, uh, yeah, all of them cooked pretty good. I don't remember my dad's mom being, like, I don't remember her being that much of a cook. My my German grandmother did cook. She cooked good. She cooked that yep. fine cheesecake. Oh. Fine. Is that German? Okay, just cheesecake. <laughs> nah, um, I mean, technically, it's German cheesecake. It was German cheesecake because the German made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like my dad's dad, my grandfather, he's the one that was like the good, like for like country oh, yeah. style. Like okay, you were yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he could throw. It. It he's down. still alive. He's the only one of all of my four grandparents still alive. Okay. Um, he could he could cook. He could throw down. He could throw down. So yeah. like, he would cook. You know, back in the day, my dad would bring me my brother and JC. 
my yep. cousin JC and yep. his brother and his dad, and we'd all do a thing on Sundays at my. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cook real good. That's um, what's up. And and his whole family, you know, was like even now you go to the family reunion. It's like when you think of country cooking, cooking, food, yeah. that, that that's it. It's the like vegetables, Cracker Barrel whole, family reunion. Yeah, like, yeah, the whole yeah. the whole thing. Um, squash casseroles Ooh, and man. peas and obviously fried chicken. Come on. Ham. Sounds delicious. It's incredible. Yeah, it sounds great. So, so, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my, so my, my dad's mom is the one I've been talking about. She's yeah. the one, th- like, throw down in the kitchen. Now, uh, a part of that is because, you know, my dad was younger. He, they were not wealthy at all. He would say they were poor. But they were, like, the poor version of poor. Like, so, uh, I think part of that is if you didn't grow it, kill it, catch it, or cook it, you didn't eat it type thing. So, like... Well, yeah, I think that's part of that generation. I mean, I can think of stuff now that I love, but the reason that they ate it was because it was cheap. Right, yeah, 100%. Like my, so my German grandma, yep. her husband, my, grand, my the grandfather on that side, he's from Kentucky, hillbilly. Hilarious. <laughs> um, but he, the, I remember he would make his, I remember his gravy, like biscuits and gravy. Oh, yeah, schmack. His gravy was my favorite gravy. Yeah. Because it was a little on the thicker side, you know. Come on, made with the bacon grease. Oh, you know, just fantastic. I mean, but you're talking, you're talking grease, flour, and milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. They grew up eating that because chunks of sausage or bacon or something. In it. If you lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you lucky. Yeah. And then homemade biscuits. But I loved his gravy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like that stuff was cheap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I eat. I like to eat my chili over rice to this day. Cause that's how I grew yeah, up eating. Yeah, yeah. That's how my mom grew up eating. Because there was ten people in the family. Yeah, we and did. The we rice did. Would stretch it. Sometimes we would do rice or cornbread. Yeah, yep. See, I would want the cornbread. It's good, man. It sounds all right, but it's good. I just like it over rice. But so a lot that's of people your, that's like, your vibe. Yeah, they think that's weird. You know. Oh yeah, no, I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah no. So my my that's what my dad my dad's mom uh my dad's mom that way uh my mom's dad he could do some damage in a, in a kitchen. Especially for dessert, because he was a big sweet eater. So, oh. cakes and stuff like that. He had he would make a homemade chocolate cake. Delicious. But, yeah, nonetheless. So, uh, but yeah, this past Sunday, we kind of, we referenced that one more time. It was just hitting, you know, people, it takes us back people can to relate. Grandma's Kitchen, you know. And so, uh, we talked about that. But all that to say, we talked about the world may see. We were talking about living a life of flavor. Because that's what Matthew 5, which has been our theme verse for the whole thing, is talking about. Not, Justin, do you have it there? Or do I need to read it? Uh, Matthew five thirteen through sixteen. Hey, that's it. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can mm-hmm. you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Yep, and then it keeps on going. He says, "You are the light of the world." Yeah, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine, shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Yeah, and so we kind of went to the story about Abram. God tells him, "Listen, um, if you'll go, leave your land, leave your family, you know, do all that. Uh, I'm going to take you to a promise. 
Um, and I will do a number of things. You know, I will bless you. It'll turn into a great nation. I'll bless the other nations through you. Like he makes him this whole promise. And that's not necessarily the promise that's for us. That was for Abram. So like not to be confused with trying to apply the book of Genesis to our life in that particular way. But what, what we identified that happened in Genesis 12 that happens a number of times throughout the Bible. And I think that that's something we can learn is when God makes promises to us, they are largely affected by our willingness to go, to become active, to become obedient, to, to assert activity with our faith. So to not just let our faith be something we believe, but let it inspire us and drive us to action. Now, the only place that this isn't the case is the gospel. The gospel is not hinged on us. It yeah. was it, it was fulfilled, satisfied, and presented through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the only thing that's not on us. That's on so to be clear, uh, when you are saved, that is um, by grace through faith, and it's a gift of God, so that no one can boast. Right? Ephesians two, Romans, all that. Like so, but when it comes to living the Christian life where God then steps in and says, I want to give you blessing. When I say blessing, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about a life of blessing. When I'm going to give you favor, when I'm going to lead you, when I'm going to guide you, there's a number of things that I want to do with your life with purpose and with destiny. But for me to do those things, it also requires something on your part. I've got a number of things I want to do, but if you don't get moving, I can't start providing. Right. Right. Cause God's not going to provide for us to go nowhere. So, um, and so he's, you know, I want you to leave, get away from what's comfortable, get away from what's familiar, get away from all those things, go and get moving. So, and, uh, you know, we talk about the idea that the anointing never falls on the inactive. Right, John? Never falls on the, <laughs> on the inactive and the contingency for you getting is you going. So, yeah. so then we talked about how does God want to use me? All right. So if I'm going to get moving, how does God want to use me? We went to Mark 2. And in Mark 2, we have the story where Jesus is preaching in the house, and some guys are like, man, we need to get our buddy who is paralyzed. We need to get him to Jesus so Jesus can heal him. They can't get him to Jesus because there's so many people in the house. So they're like, bump this. They tear a hole in the roof and lower the guy down on his mat to Jesus through the roof. Um, I feel like that would have been distracting. <laughs> If I was in there trying to listen to Jesus, and they're tearing a roof apart. Right, right, Sometimes some, we got crying babies, and we're yeah, like, and there's you know. a dude on a, on a rope <laughs> being lowered down. But for real. I think yeah. that would have been like, and just, I guess Jesus just kept on going. Yeah, Jesus, just, Jesus was a G. He was just like, yeah. you know, what, you know. I guess he knew what was going on. Yeah, 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 surely. He was just like, oh, here comes this guy. Here, watch, watch this, you yeah. know. Um, Everybody else was probably like, golly. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the homeowner had to have been like, uh, what's your, yeah. y'all, okay. when are y'all going to fix this? Like, how, what are we doing here? Um, and we talked about, like, you know, different aspects of that story, different people groups that are in the story, spectators, participators, and receivers. And, and essentially we were talking about how, in our in our Christian journey, there are spectators. There are people that are here to watch, to listen, and do all those things, but they're not active in their faith. Right. And we talked about participators; those are active, and those are receivers, which are in need of a miracle. Um, and the participators are helping get the receivers to Jesus, right? But um, that, by and large, Christianity, particularly in the West, is just a lot of spectating, and just showing up to church, just going to church, you know, and doing all the, all, all that jazz. Culture, cultural Christianity. Cultural Christianity, yeah. It's, it's a problem. It is. It's 
I think it's going away slowly, but is. I think it's going away in a lot of circles. I think there's still tons of circles where it's it's the prominent version of Christianity. You know what I mean? And yeah, the South, definitely the Bible Belt for sure. Um, you know, and I, I think you know it's kind of what we we talked about it on first Wednesday, and then it and the the phrasing comes from John Piper from a clip he has on YouTube where he said, "I pray that the that." the church in America would be marked with suffering because I think the suffering is going to weed out some of the religiosity, you know? And he was like, we are most satisfied. God is most satisfied in us when we are most satisfied in him. And I think those phrases kind of run in tandem with the idea of like some people are, they're Christians out of convenience. Oh, someone paid for my sins. Like, let me, let me walk up into this real quick. So they're confessing, Jesus as Savior, but strictly out of convenience for mm. the sake of their eternity, but it hasn't driven their life to produce any fruit of Christianity. So it's, it's just a get out of hell. A get out of hell free, free card. card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So at what age were you guys like for you, Justin, I know it was later in life for you. Like, did you go from uh, essentially just getting saved. Let's start with that. Like how old were you guys? I was like 22. I, I know it wasn't when you were like 13. Cause I made, I made some attempts. Uh-uh. It was like 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. 22. Up, I think grew up Catholic. Yeah. I grew up Catholic. I mean, not I mean, like, go, practicing. like yeah. my, my, my dad is way more Catholic. You know, he practicing, yeah. he likes to still go and all that. Go to mass. We didn't grow up in it going to mass and to church regularly. No, gotcha. but we were Catholic cause my dad's always been Catholic. Gotcha. But I was like 22. When I started going to church, church where I met John and then, mm-hmm. but um, I think it was the week before Easter, two thousand and eight. Okay, it was the week before Easter. It was the first Sunday I walked into church, two thousand and eight. Gotcha. gotcha. So, know, thirteen years ago almost. Yeah. And John, wow. thirteen <laughs> years, bro. Golly, and John, what? Eight, how old were you when you chased a girl into the church and Jesus <laughs> met you there? Okay, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know my life. Uh, That's he didn't chase her in church; she dragged him. Ah. Okay, no, no. Let's not. Well, give us it. a story, John. I'm curious. No, let's t- let's got, tell the audience. She got real brave after we got married. So let me just tell you that. What does that have to? Do? <laughs> I don't know what that means? Wearing the pants is what you're trying to say. You're wearing the pants anyway. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue with that conversation. Um, oh, so I I was 16. Okay, let's just throw that out there. I was 16, and uh, she her the prerequisite for me to date her was her mom said I had to go to church. Ah, I told them missionary no several times, but then I finally gave in. Ah, that was the only way I could date her. Yeah. So then he met a cool guy like me. <laughs> Anyway, so I got saved. And, uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, I remember, I remember meeting Justin. <laughs> probably, what's crazy is when Justin got saved. It was one of those moments where, like, I believe it. Like, it was, it was one of those really like big moments in his life. But then, like, right after it happened, he still had no idea. Like the same thing with me, though. He still had no idea, like, what direction he was going yet with his Christianity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. So, like, you know, he, he we would all still cut up and be, like, dumb. Acting a fool. Well, it's like, and this is not a knock to that church, but it's like, there there is no, like, what next? Yeah, discipleship. Yeah, halfway, it, just did, it, whatever, doesn't really, yeah. it didn't really exist. Come back it's next like, week. You know, it was. But the crazy part about it is, like, 
even though there were times where we like we would cut up and stuff, like you still had the leadership quality. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, well, surely, and two, it was a pro, you know, I mean, it was a long, I mean, it was a long process. I mean, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have like that altar moment for salvation, like a lot of people like have. Like, I don't know the date. I didn't gotcha. get saved that first Sunday, right, and right, I don't right, know right. the date of the day I got saved. To me, I just say like process of realization, you know, because yeah. the, the the pastor that was there, he did do like like we do do like a sinner's prayer type thing every Sunday, like an invitation, right? You know, so the opportunity was always there. You know, like we everyone prays along, just so True. you know they did the same thing. So it was like yeah. at one point it was just kind of like, man, I really do believe those words. It's like yeah. you realize what you've been praying for the last month or whatever. Okay, I, I do believe that. So it was not an altar, quote unquote, like altar type moment where, you know, like some people know the date they were saved. Right, right, right. I don't know that, but gotcha. But yeah, I mean, John's right. I mean, but and it was fun. I mean, it was so something unique about that church, and maybe because it was small, and it was a small group of us. We all became friends, and then it was just kind of like several of us. Who I think we're in the same spot early on you know early in our journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I enjoyed it. Like yeah, we had a lot of fun. fun back then. I mean, we did. You know, and then you just jump right in service. Like that's why I did student ministry for so long in youth ministry, because that's all all we knew of yeah. church and getting saved is that's just where we started serving. I was 22 years old. The youth pastor recruited me, and I'm, you know, ser- so it's like the only thing I know of church outside of Catholicism is this little church. Right. And we have Sunday service in that building, and we have Wednesday night in this building. Right. Right. And right. That's it. Yeah. So you got to do something. Right. So. This right. is where we're get active. Yeah. And I had more fun with the teenagers and the, the people that were my age leading the teenagers. Right. 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 So that was like, that's where I served. So Easy. for years I was in student ministry right. for that reason alone, even for years thinking I was called and supposed to be like a youth pastor, you know, just cause, cause that's what you that's do. What, yeah, yeah. what it is. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was a good time. That was a good, Oh, well we, we ended up at my father's vineyard in, 2010 june of 2010 so it was a little over two years we were part of that church or a right around two a little less than two years yeah there was that little gap there but um i mean i got saved in the youth group yeah. i didn't get saved in the, the main church yeah and because i just i when i came into the into the fold i didn't like the way church was presented to me <laughs> huh. tell us more john and i was like this, <laughs> i was like this is really lame like yeah i don't like this and Although it did grow on me a little bit, like the youth is what helped me figure out like mm. this is this is more my style. This is more like what I wanted to be around. Uh, you know, sure. Uh, right. That that it was so unique. Uh, that was a when you think of a small going back to country, mm-hmm. like, talking about country cooking, you think yep. country church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it like was. It you is. walk in on a Sunday morning, the pastor's dad would hand you a fiddle and say, "Sit down, let's play," and it's like, oh yeah. No, well, well, we play instruments, so <laughs> we right. would play guitar with you know as part of as if a fiddle is something you can just start playing. Well, I mean, he would he would just hand out his <laughs> instruments. No, 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 literally, his dad would come in always late. Service already started. We're up there playing, strumming guitars. The guys on keys, they're singing. His dad would come in with a banjo strapped on his back, a mandolin, a fiddle, and a guitar, and a harmonica. Just start dishing them out. Bro. Or he would rotate. He would rotate. <laughs> he would rotate. See, most, most of the time, he would. Rotate. He'd go through all of them in one song. I, I want to invite you and all of our audience that knows this person to think about their response. Think about Kyle Thompson 
And, <laughs> in that environment. There, there's something, and, and we're not talking bad about it. No, no, no. There was something, like, innocent and pure about Organic. it. Yeah. yeah. Because, one, his dad was a phenomenal musician. Oh, fantastic. It wasn't just like I bought a banjo at a pawn shop. He could play the banjo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, you know, he's a ban- is it a banjist? A banjoist. A banjoist. <laughs> I mean, he really was, he really was good. Okay. And then can go from a banjo and it fitting with the song. Like he didn't come to praise or worship rehearsal. He just show up on Sunday. He's just a good musician. And come and, and like, star worship. And you know, those small churches, like the small country churches, <laughs> yeah. they just, it's like, remember this, like Sunday night singing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, and whoever could, and then they would rotate and it's just like, what key are we in? And then yeah. pick, like, it was very much like that, but it was something cool about it. I think those environments did. Back in the day, you know, coming through the 90s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, stuff like that, I think those environments did breed some amazing singers and amazing musicians. Like, yeah. thinking about like, the Carrie Underwoods and stuff that oh, yeah. grew up in those types no, of settings. You know? I don't think I, I don't think that church had, uh, that I can remember, a no, very notable singers, other than, like, how the youth group was, like, Stephanie Gaines and Are Megan. Me? Are you forgetting about Who are you, oh, Toby you? Keith? Toby Keith? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy look like Toby Keith this thing like look like Toby literally uh, like Toby Keith oh wow anyways he, he but I don't remember like notable singers other than Megan and Stephanie who were <laughs> May, Stephanie was the youth pastor's wife right um, yeah Megan was good and, and really Megan good. yeah um, but but the key the guy that played keys remember he was phenomenal oh yeah he it played by ear he was phenomenal on the keys and then uh, the pastor would play guitar acoustic everything was okay. acoustic like as far as guitar Excuse me, guitars and stuff. Um, the pastor was a phenomenal guitar player. He could hear by he could hear something, pick it up and pick it out and play it. Wow! Um, so it was one of those, just very different than what we're used to now. It was very like, um, I don't want to use the word bluegrass. What's what's the right word? It Folk, folky, folky, spontaneous, country, folky gospel. You know, very unrehearsed. Like, well, I guess maybe Sounds we'll like do it. another song today. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Know, it's like very, you know, it's a 50 people on a, on a good day. 50 people. 50 people talk, like, in the church. Take, doing, doing that. No, yeah. no, 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 no. 50 people. No, no, no. I mean, like, 50 people in the church for that. Yeah. For that. I mean, that's yes. an interesting yeah. demographic. Like, not even demographic. Like, I feel like, you know, you should cap out about 10. No, it was about 50. when, like, when was, that's going on. You know was, what I mean? That would be packed. It was not. It was, it was a house. Yeah, small that, place. Small place. Yeah. Um, that they they tore down some walls and stuff and made like a church out of it. Yeah. But it was a house before then. But fifty people. Was that's packed. so cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was. I think that's. I think that's really something that. Uh, I, I think that's something that's really interesting. You know, the Bible says not to despise small beginnings, right? Sure. And, and I think like that's the type of setting. I I think back to Brooke, uh, Brooke from Hillsong. You know, however you feel about Hillsong, irrelevant in this part of the conversation. Brooke, the singer from Hillsong, brunette girl, sings. I don't remember what song she sings. Not like in particular, plays the guitar or whatever. She's lead worship. She was talking about uh, her church she grew up in. And the way she describes it, it may have been a little bit bigger, like 100 people or 150 people. But she describes growing up in that church. And now, you know, she leads worship in front of 30,000, 100,000 people. But like, it all came, like it started there. Like, had those fifty people or hundred people or whatever not been faithful in the space that they were in, right? That Brooke wouldn't be, you know, not uh, the sovereignty of God. We can get all like God would have, sure, you know, made her His own and center on the like. <laughs> but God used that, and like, 
So I just think, I think about that. Like I think about for us, you know what I mean? Like if one day it, it God in his sovereignty, you know, calls us to grow to thousand people, 5,000 people, what I, I don't know what the plan is for God for that to look back and this story still remain of like, yeah, remember when there was 10 of us playing instruments that that guy brought in and like in front of 50 people, like it really is. I it's mean, like, that's a cool, that's a cool aspect to, you know, I, people's faith. I would know? never want to go to a church like that now. Sure. Not because the church is bad, but it's just definitely not my style anymore. Right. And, and when I look back, you know, I think it's, it's the it's the gripe we have with the American church, kind of going back when we talking about mm-hmm. from the, the beginning. Is like, their discipleship wasn't a thing, right? And at some point, I have an issue with that. No matter how big the church is, so it's sure. not it's not a small. It's not that I wouldn't go because it was small. So I wouldn't go because it's just definitely not my style. Um, and you know, but there was something cool about it at the time, and maybe it's something cool about it because you know when you get saved and it's just like people, you know, you're that's what you're into right, right. then, and then. You know, and, and there was some, I mean, I still know a lot of those people. Like, I mean, I see John every day. He comes out of that. But even other than that, like, we know Matt Gaines, yep, Matt, you know, yep. um, who's playing at a church in Milton now. You know, he was the youth pastor. He was John's youth pastor. He's mm-hmm. the youth pastor I served under, serving on his team. And, you know, those type of things. So it's like those relationships are still are, are still there. Yeah. You know, so it, was, cool. it was very cool at the time, you know. And then once I started realizing, going back to what you said, I think, the things about me that make me me, I've always been there. Right. And then once I got saved and then I went to uh, Birmingham and I was exposed to some, and I was like, holy crap, this isn't enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. We there's, do, more. there's more and more, but we got to do more. There's more people out there. This, this, and then that just it's like scared that the pastor was like, yo, chill. I was like, Ch- what do you mean chill? <laughs> yeah. Like there's, we got work to do. All right. What do you mean chill? Yeah. You know, it was just, and, and then I realized, okay. Yeah, I gotta go. Like, right, it's not gonna work because that's small thinking. You know? Right, 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 right. Not, not, I mean, not that. the main thing for me is like whenever I came in at sixteen, it was I almost laughed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. no, I, 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 like, I almost laughed. I was yeah. like, like, <clears throat> right? Like this is is this a joke? Like, right, 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 right. Um, that's so funny. But, they were so genuine, though. Yeah, they were. They were so sweet people. And, so oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was trying to trying to say is the the mere fact. It, it goes back to your series, the series Shine. Yeah. It's like the mere fact that they were, you know, doing what they did mm-hmm. was lending itself to our, where we, where Justin and I are now. You yeah, know, yeah, That's yeah. kind of what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, they were they were uh, definitely preaching the gospel. And, and although it wasn't something that was like what I had wanted to be around, it mm-hmm. was definitely, like there was always this underlying like theme that always kept me coming back. Yeah, and it was it was Jesus. You know, yeah, so. yeah, and I mean, and I didn't know what I would have wanted. Sure, you don't. That's know. all you knew. Yeah. Well, I knew that I I knew outside of Catholic Mass, you know, like like I thought of like all I've been to a church before. Like sure. I've, I've been to Olive on a Sunday night with a friend. You know, Olive Baptist. For sure. Anybody, you know, it's it's very uh, Southern Baptist. Nothing wrong with that. Just bigger traditional. I didn't, I didn't yeah. want that either. So in my mind, it was just these, like, it's Catholic. I mean, the, my first thought when I went to that church on the first Sunday I was there, when the pastor came up, I was like, bro, is he even qualified? Like, he's just wearing regular suit. Like, he don't have a thing on or nothing. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. who's this clown? Right, right, you right, know? right, right. But I don't know what I would have wanted. Sure. Yeah. You just. That's so interesting. So I mean, we were, I was similar. So, I mean, uh, in the time frame that we're talking about, we, the Hearts of Love days, yeah, I mean, I think in 08, 
<clears throat> we were probably running, it was probably 150, 120, 150 people, yeah. you know, in, in, on the Fairfield building at that time. But, um, but it was similar to what we're talking about. Yeah. Now, no one came in with instruments strapped to their back. Uh, that, that went a little differently for us. That was hilarious. But it was still the same, <clears throat> same concept. And I think that, you know, we talk about it a lot. And, and I joke about growing up in church and all the craziness from like growing up in church, you know, but I think there is also a, a genuine uh, last night uh, during worship, first Wednesday during worship, I was in worship and I just felt like something in me was telling me like, man, you just need to like get on your knees, bow before the Lord. And so like, so I did, I was just like my, and then then when it happened, it instantly took me back to the place where that was a normality for me. Like, and then it took me back to the place of like where that was, which was at the altar at this church during worship that, you know, worship last night was the closest we've gotten to what that felt like in regards to, the mm-hmm. flow and the or- organic, like, uh, so just like a lot of those things. So as we're talking about this, I'm, you know, I'm thinking back to that time frame when my dad's the pastor and there's a hundred and something of us and just a very different experience. And that, those experiences were, they helped mold and shape aspects of who I am today. You know, my passion for worship was established during that time frame. My passion for God even was established in that time frame. My passion for people was established during that time frame. And with the things that it sounds like God was doing in each one of us in our own journey out somewhere, you know, uh, for you guys together, for me, just in my own space. Oh, that's powerful, John. 16 years old, and that, Look, that's the church that we were got in. A little Yamaha monitors <laughs> next to you, too. We need to post that in the <laughs> right. so see it. Yeah, hold it up to the camera, John. Yeah, I think it was like the, the What Would Jesus Do bracelet, because they were, like, handing them out. Oh, yeah, WWJD. So. Um, that's purple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff happened in that little youth room. Bro, it's crazy. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, God I, did some that stuff, That was man. a good two years, or a yeah. year and a half. Like, yeah. it really was. Yeah, no, and that's what I said. I think that, you know, I mean, looking back on it, it's like, you know, we, we all think the same thing. It's like, I would never, I don't want to go back to that space nah. because we're on a mission and I'm so confident in the mission. You know what I mean? But to look back on it with a good bit of joy, good memories, the people that I was with, you know, some of the people in the church are still, you know, I mean, Anthony and Cindy for one, you know, but Felicia, you know, Strickland. Uh, was rocking with us back then. I mean, she was part of that whole, the whole journey. And Deidre, my you know my cousin Deidre, and even my sister, who like just all you know. I mean, there are people in our church right now that were part of that whole thing. It's just kind of powerful, man. Yeah. Just kind of thinking about it and, and thinking about like a lot of the people <laughs> that were instrumental in molding who we've become today aren't even here anymore. Some literally like they've moved on. They're with the Lord, and some. I've just like moved on to other churches or moved out of state or whatever, but all of them doing and letting their light shine, like getting back to what we're talking about, like letting their light shine brought me and a number of us who were 13, 14 and 15. Then now we're in our thirties and here we are leaders in the church. You know what I mean? And there's just something powerful to that. It just shows that nothing happens overnight too. I mean, I mean, we had lunch yesterday with somebody that the pastor of a church that was asking us, to help him along with some some things like almost like he was using the word like our model mm-hmm. and he was wanting to make some change wanting to make some changes in his church and need some help and had some questions and yada yada. It's like which is fine. Yeah. Um but it's like we didn't get here 
where we're at. What you see yeah, at TC, it's been a long road, man. What you see at TC didn't just like happen overnight, right? And not just as the church, but the individuals who make up the church, right? You know, it's like we even have young leaders in our church now that have like they're moving faster in their leadership journey than even we did. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. They they think they're. They think they're behind the curve and missing out and, and not realizing. A light years ahead. Yeah, light, yeah, a light years ahead. Yeah. You know, I like, mean, they're progressing. So it's like, but still, it's like, yeah. I, I don't want anybody to ever look at even like either John, you know, uh, John and myself, you know, even in our titles and our roles, sure, executive sure. pastor, care director, and just think I just walked in and got this. Yeah, no. Nah, you know, years like, in the making. Years in the making. And what it took, and, and even... I think even for you, I think about for you and you, John, actually, you kind of had an interesting journey when it comes to ministry. Like you oh, tried right. a few things that were like, ah, no, I don't think I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah. Not just like greeting at the door, but I mean like positions, yeah. like yeah, position student pastors and like yeah, stuff was, like that. I did quite a few. Yeah. And uh, you were like, I don't want to do, I don't, yeah. I'm not built for this, this you know? for me. You know? Yeah. Like, it's like um, trying it all. And I think that's like, that's something special for you. Cause I think, you know, we joke about it. Even we were joking about earlier, you know what I mean? Like you're not really having a soul or whatever. And like, we know that's not true, but I'm just saying like, we joke about like, yeah. Justin doesn't cry at a lot of things. He does laugh at a lot of things, but you know, it's like, but people have asked before because of that and not in a criticizing way, right. but in an honest way, like Justin doesn't fit the mold of pastor that I'm, that I'm, I expect out of people or whatever. And I'm like, right. Because his, what he does at TC as a pastor is not what you think like his role for me is a pastor in in a way that i need him to op i'm the person you're thinking about he doesn't need to be it too he needs to be the thing that i need him to be because so that i can be what you're expecting me to be <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like and so there's that and 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 some of that i think it's you know i like that to me the joke is funny right because it's, it's it there's yeah, <laughs> it's funny it's it's also somewhat really un- inaccurate sure in a lot of ways yeah i agree you know and it's like i think i, I don't like this this happened with anything in any kind of situation different kinds of people but we're talking about talking about me in a negative sure. in a quote-unquote negative sense like that so we'll continue and it doesn't bother me but it's like to me it's somewhat unfair because i'm not what somebody's subjective thought of something sure should be it's like even like mm-hmm. the not caring it's like i care so much <laughs> right right right. you know it's like i i care so much i just don't it, think it doesn't manifest in it because it doesn't manifest in tears sure is that for someone to think i don't care is absolutely ludicrous right you know but it's like, like last night first first wednesday i'm standing next to ryan you know and at one point i even turned to him and i was like bruh he was like you know so it's it's, it's i'm not devoid of Sure. Is devoid a word? Void. 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 I feel like I devoid. Know, I, feel, I feel like devoid is a word. I'm going devoid. <laughs> I'm not devoid. <laughs> I'm not devoid of um, all emotion and sure, feeling sure. yeah, and yeah, caring no. um, at all. Yeah. It's it's just. I, I would say you're very even keeled with them. I, I am. Yeah. Uh, and and. You don't have drastic swings. Not at all. And right. It's very much just a emotional intelligence self awareness thing, but it's like. Um, but yeah, no, I, I care so much. I just, and because of that, I, I just, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, and I'm not going to be with your subjective opinion, right. even of a pastor should be. Sure. Like, I care so much that I want you to go through, like, the mission even. And right. we talk about that. Yeah. But it is funny, but yeah. it's just not been the case. Even the the 13 years in church, I mean, even before, the, before this role, though, when we spent years in student ministry, like, 
I spent hours and hours answering text after text from teenagers going through stuff. Like right, I right, did right. all those. I like I we were at the church that the friggin' doors were open or they needed something. We were there. <laughs> How many chairs we set up in our day? <laughs> Thousands. Come on, that's what ministry looks like. <laughs> that's the start of ministry. Of it's like yeah. it's it's there was so much work all because. Because you care, right? Like, right. You know, so it's like <laughs> right. it's just it's just inaccurate. Yeah. I, d- I think because I know you and I've known like your journey. I think it more so comes down at this point. It most more so comes down to the fact that you're not necessarily operating in like not saying that you're no you don't have it, but like back in the day, whenever you were operating in like the students and like having to to lead people a certain way and like you were pastoring them and that's and like. You don't necessarily operate in that anymore, and not in the, not in like the no, big sense. Keep go- because because yeah, there's pe- we have it now. We don't yeah, yeah right. we don't I I personally and we as a church don't need him to right, and that's my point. It's and, like and that's the thing. It's it's almost like it's it shows the the health of even our people mm-hmm. because there was a time like even in our our leadership structure would say coaches sure the coaches are so good at what they're doing. So we didn't have that, so the things yeah. that coaches did fell on just a couple people. Yeah, a few, yeah. a few people, maybe a handful. Yeah, me being one of them at that church, even as a lay leader mm-hmm. before I ever was hired or had a position. Sure, but you know, just like we have lay leaders, we can count on for anything. We, I happen to fall in that category right, right, there, right. and then at some, and then John did, but it was like we carried, we did so much. Sure, totally. So it's like it's not just yeah. a. It's just different. That's what I was was telling the interns about that last week when when I was sitting down with them and I was just reminding them, like, you know, just relish in these moments. This season where you're just, like, here, you know, some of our interns are 20, 25 hours a week, you know, like, just killing it. And I'm like, man, relish in these moments. I'm like, if God opens up the opportunity for you to go full-time or part-time in the church, I have a job here. I said, things are going to change a little bit. And you're going to remember this season of your life which is what we're talking about when it's like, it feels like, I feel like I'm there more. I care more about that than I even do my job or whatever. It's just like, man, we're so passionate about these. I was just, just like, there. just remember that. Cause I, I was like, you know, you guys look at even me. I was like, and you see, you know, I've been the, I've been the lead pastor of the church for three years now. Well, coming up on three years and, uh, yeah. Um, it's like, you see me, but you didn't see the eight year, eight years of positional volunteering. Not just volunteering as a dream teamer, positional volunteer. That's eight, right. like eight well, years, you know, where it's like, but those I talked about, I was telling them, I was like, I mean, I think back to those years where it was like, dude, I was grinding till 11 p.m. midnight to get a video done on Saturday because PD sent it to me on Friday, like getting ready for Sunday. Then get there at five Sunday to make sure it works because, you know, like. How do people think you get to this level? uh, Yeah, no. You You only get there by doing it that way. Yeah, no, no doubt. If if someone as an intern saw what you do as a lead pastor, think, wow, he's just super gifted. Well, yes, you know, but it's like you you got to that place because. So if you're out there and desire that, to bypass those eight years and oh, think no, you're going to get the chance. same spot, not, not, a, a, not a chance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like it goes back to what we say though. Like that's why you got to love the process of something. That's right. Like, because those were fun days. Yeah. What what everyone outside of the three of us gets to do in our church sure. was probably is probably more fun than what the three of us do. Totally. 
You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like those were fun days. Mm-hmm. I mean, those days at my father's vineyard, 2010, 11, and 12 specifically. Right. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. And it's like it didn't cross our. It did cross my mind. Like I would love to do this for a living because sure. you think if I do it for a living, it's ten times more fun. Yeah. Not true. Not not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not true at all. It's, and it yeah. was just like, man, it's. It, that's the fun part, and yeah. it builds it builds the character and the fortitude and all these things that yeah. you need. Yep. But and I think that's how we felt with like our student ministry team. You know, when I was a student pastor and I built a student ministry team, yeah. and, oh, and looking back, on, those? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it built. I you know it started with me and Cindy. I wasn't married yet, so I need someone for these girls. I'm 19 year old guy. You know, 20 maybe. Like I don't need like. No. So I'm not. Right. I'm not fitting the one on one with some teenage girls, you know what I mean? So I was like, Cindy, I pull Cindy in, who's my sister. Uh, and I was like, come on, like, let's do this thing. And then, you know, me and Ashley started dating. And so naturally she, like, she came in. Um, and then we just started, like, we just started snatching people. Anthony, you know what I mean? Like, come here, bro. Like Ryan, you know, like I still remember Ryan. So this is a funny story. <laughs> Ryan came in, Ryan got saved on a Sunday. Um, and then I think it was a Sunday morning. It may have been a Sunday night now that I'm thinking about it. But he got saved the Wednesday after, like, literally, like, maybe a month went by. And I was like, bro, come, like, kick it with us, with students. And I will start developing you and, like, discipling you in that space to lead also. He was just passionate. Like, he was the same way we were talking about. Like, put me somewhere so I can do something. Yeah. And we were all there, me, Tommy, Anthony. Like, we are all there. So it was, it was a natural for him to step in there and i'll never forget he was like i think i want to sing and so we were like so at the time there was a daniel was another guy there and he and he was kind of like helping us lead so daniel and and whatever and i was like yeah so i was like just like start practicing with him or whatever well i walk in they've already kicked off worship ryan's been saved like three weeks maybe he's singing on the platform in our student ministry space you know what i mean i was like 15 kids in there or something but like you know, he's singing on the pl- and one of the other guys came to me afterwards it's like yo do you think that was a good idea to like put him on the platform this early and i was like i didn't put him up there when you but I, looking back at it now like here's ryan you know me a leader in the church and like you know great worship leader or whatever but just funny like just all of those things that were just happening all at the same time uh what a what a time bro of like Wait, development and you know i mean how many how many of our leaders right now on, at Transformation Church, looking back to the Hearts of Love days, building on Fairfield, how many of our leaders were developed as leaders in the back building at Fairfield? In that little that little room, A like lot, me, Ryan, Anthony, Cindy, Ashley, Deidre, Chris, Garrido, Tommy. Sarah, Tommy. Like, bro, I mean, we're talking about like gangster leaders in our church right now, all developed in a room. You know, that room was like 15 by 30 or something. Like It's not that big. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so here we are, you know, people look at someone like Ryan or me or Anthony or one of us now, and they're like, you know, it's like, man, you know, some of you got, you know. So all that to say, it's just I mean, it's, it's small, uh, small beginnings have built a lot of us, you know. And, and A, people giving us opportunities, I think is a big thing. People letting their light shine into our life giving us opportunities, giving us a space, and then leading um, and figuring some things out along the way. And Pastor Dan, I I can't imagine, now that I am where I am, I can't imagine how many people pulled my dad aside and were like, hey, these young people 
are idiots. <laughs> you got, you can't let them lead this or do that or whatever. And he never shut us down. He would talk to us sometimes be like, Hey, listen, you need to chill out. But, but he never shut us down. And I can't knowing how many people have come to me before and be like, yo, these young leaders, X, Y, Z, and they're far more advanced oh, yeah. in their leadership because of the systems that we've built now than we were at 21 and 22 years old. So like knowing that my dad, I had to have had some hard conversations oh, just yeah. with people who were like protecting us and being like, they're going to be great leaders, but we got to help them get there. And so like just knowing all that's really, really encouraging. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can't, I, yeah, I think some of that is just, you know, how God does things. I mean, I know the pastor of our old church, uh, you know, I mean, I've said the name a couple times already, so I, maybe I shouldn't have just because. You sure. Know, but um, the pastor of old church, I mean, I know the story of the first time he saw me when we came into church. Right. And he was like, and he laughed. He would always laugh when he told the story, but he was like, who is this guy and who does he think he is? <laughs> but there's something about him. Mm-hmm. That if we, you know, could be hard. I was harnesses, still, I'm going two years in and, yeah. you know. A little like, rough around the edges. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And to, yeah. A little. But oh, it was yeah. just, you know, I I walked in a room. Like, that's what he said. He's like, you. he walked in the, because the way that, well, I walked into the fellowship hall at the old church. And mm-hmm. it was like, and the first time he saw, he, his first thought was, he walked in like he owned the place. And then, well, yeah. Because I walked in because I felt like. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I'm supposed mom, to be man. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm supposed to be. Here. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's, so it's awesome. funny. But and then there was there was a there was just a period of just I mean, straight serving though. I mean, John's serving. father-in-law was the student pastor that we all served under. It was one of my close friends. I mean, we just did so much. Yeah, it was like we did not just get. It was a lot in the making. Yeah, man, talking through this gives me like great memories. I, I was looking at Pastor Chris Hodges. They're 20 years, you know, he was posting pictures and it it makes me feel like kind of takes me back a little bit of like, oh, wow. It's some really cool beginnings for us too that I, I just hadn't thought about in a while since we started having this conversation. It's good to think about. I mean, I think it is. It's healthy, you know, and the people that join, that have joined us and our teams and our church in the last year or two, Yeah, you know, it's just a different, it's just a different church in a good way. But like, you know, there's always, you miss the building part. And I'm a I like the building stuff. Are we building still? I'm a builder. We're, as we're far building. As that goes. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I've always thought now, especially that I have experience and have had you know a roles in churches that come with titles and all these things. Like, if I wanted to, could I apply for a position at a larger church for a staff position? Right. You know, maybe not like the number two at a. 20,000 person church, like Highlands sure. or nothing like that, but you it's still probably on staff doing something. Sure. It's like, but I just don't want to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go where in their machine. Right, like, right, right. I want to, I want to be they've built turning it. the knobs. Yeah, not, they built it. It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I just don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. So I, we got off on a really yeah, big. A yeah, yeah. So shine your light like the people did around us, and now we're here. That's that was, that was where all that was. That was, that was, but it was a good conversation. Light shining in that. Um, it was. It was. Yeah. That's that. That's. I mean, essentially, that's what you know. Mark two and uh, Isaiah sixty one is what we preached on on Sunday, and we talked about surrounding yourself with people that help you get there, participators, and we talked about once you get there, now becoming the type of person that helps other people get there. That's yeah. essentially what we talked about on Sunday, which I that's why I let the conversation go because it's like yeah. that's what we're talking. Like someone did it for us. Right. Yeah. Like we came in, God did something in our life, and then in an environment, God grew us. And now here we are, you know what I mean? Like, and we tried a few areas 
didn't quite work out for you, John. But you're not the only one. I wanted to be a worship leader really bad, but I can't say. John did do a lot. So, he really was really trying. He yeah. was a youth pastor for a youth while. Youth pastor. How yeah. long were you a youth pastor for? A year? Two years. Was Two it years. that long? Two years. I really wasn't involved a whole lot by that point. By that no. point, you weren't. No. I, 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 I went to <laughs> camp with y'all. I went to camp as a as a leader or whatever. Leader, but I was not involved on Wednesdays anymore at that point. Gotcha. I was pulled out. The pastor pulled me out, and I was really upset the first time. I was like, I don't want you doing students anymore. And I was like, what? Like, Wednesday night's the fun, you know. Yeah, that's what I do. Right. And he was like, I have some ideas, and I would like you to focus on some other things, blah, blah, blah. I'm glad. I'm thankful for that now because it really opened my eyes to other some other things. But, yeah. um, yeah, John was the pastor for a little bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean. And then when it, when it was not working, I think I was the one that had the, I took you and Savannah to dinner. Remember that? I mean, that was how it was. It was in my head. It wouldn't work in six months before you took it. <laughs> like I knew that. Yeah. Well, well, the thing was, is like I, I felt like we did pretty good as a, with what we had. It was just me and Savannah. Yeah. Those leading that. So we, yeah. we built it to like twenty five. Sure. Kids. Yeah. So just two people dealing with twenty five kids at one point was like. Well, yeah, I was just so young. And yeah. then some, I mean, I, but I remember I think we went to Applebee's, and I was like. And I wasn't even on staff. I wasn't even like the executive pastor yet or anything. And I was like, "Hey guys, we may need to transition, y'all." Yeah. Yeah. And then y'all were like, <sighs> "Yeah, thank you, thank you, you thank bet. you." Yeah, yeah, no problem here. <laughs> yeah. But no. I, mean, I'll look, I mean, I look back at two like two people that were that, that still go to that church. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Victoria and Noel. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they called me even after I had like stepped down. They were oh, yeah. calling me pastor for. Yeah, like forever. You, you, yeah. you pastored yeah. them with a the title. Yeah. Come. I mean, but a lot of those just relationships. Like I don't, sure. I don't know church without John and Savannah. Right. You know what I mean? Like sure. I don't, I don't know what church is like without John. That's and how Savannah. I would feel about like Kyle. You yeah. Know? Like I wonder, yeah. Like, what would, what is, what would church be without Kyle Thompson? Right. Heather, you know, Kyle was in my student ministry. Heather's in my student ministry. You know what I mean? They were like guinea pigs for like a lot of things, you know, uh, and so, yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you on that. So, yeah, I mean, same for me. I tried being a worship leader. It didn't work. Couldn't sing very well. Uh, and that's really important when it comes to, so we learned what it looked like for an MD to run a worship team, which worked out great. Once I kind of got away from that, I'll never forget Pastor Dan pulled me in the office one day. He was like, Hey, listen, you got some people on the team that are great at singing. And I think you're you should. I think you should encourage them to keep doing that. Yeah, you're not on the <laughs> you know, Father has to actually. Yeah, he was like, he was like, and I don't, I don't know that you have the strongest voice for that. And I remember just being like, oh man, that sucks real bad. But you know, I think it was a God. It, I don't think I know it was a God thing. It's just sometimes hearing that is like, oh man, bummer. I'm, I'm I wish I could. Because there's too you know. many people trying to sing in the world because well. their family's like, oh, you sound great. No one good and dang well they don't sound great. Right, right, right. Someone has to tell you you don't yeah. sound good. Well, now, as you say that, that leads us into our questions. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. Some questions. Uh, yeah, listen, no, before we get into that, <laughs> go watch or or listen to the message from Sunday because we got off on a rabbit trail, but it was really good. It was a really good message. And, and about like, letting your light shine. And the whole series. Yeah, it was a good series. Go listen yeah. to it. So, yeah. All right. So in that line of thinking, for me, which talent, our questions, which talent would you most like to have? Singing. Have it for you to be singing too? Uh, if I could sing. <laughs> if, yeah. I, if I could sing, yeah. and I mean so, like, top-notch yeah, voice, right. yeah. I would be singing. And like Josh I mean, Groban, Michael Bublé. I feel like I have the 
the confidence one needs <laughs> to make it in the world if I just had the talent to go with it. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, I, okay. Okay, cool. I would totally. I'm the same way. It's singing for me. I've always said God didn't, God made sure, because I can play a number of instruments. Like, I'm talented. Like, I've, anyways, uh, I can play a number of instruments. God, like, he's like, oh, if I let him sing, he'll never preach. I'm convinced that God was like, he'll never, he'll always be a worship leader. And that's not the calling. His calling is to preach. Therefore, I'm going to take your voice away from you. That's very unfortunate. So I, I would love. What about you, John? Uh, I'm good at everything. So. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and he's humble. I don't, honestly, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, what talent would you most like to have? I don't know. It could be anything, anything in the world. Golfing. Acting. Acting. I would, I would like to be. You like to be a better actor. I would like to be like a really good actor one day. But Savannah's a good actor. Happen. You're married to one. We, we all used to act in Chris in church I plays. Know, <laughs> I mean, there was a while, there was a hot minute there where I felt like I was actually really good. You're quite a thespian. All right, next question: What is the trait you most deplore in yourself? There is none. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> like that I hate is yeah. deplore. Is that what deplore means? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that you hate. Like a deplorable trait you most deplore in yourself. Like a personality trait or like a physical trait? Uh, I just says trait. I mean, you get a pick. It, I wouldn't be mad if I was a few inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I would be. I don't deplore it necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. I feel like five seven is the perfect height, or else God <laughs> wouldn't have made it. Um, but you know, everybody else thinks it's short for some reason. <laughs> I think it is. I mean, it's a good height. Don't you wish you had like a fuller beard or something? I don't really instead care of that about thing. That. I don't <laughs> Just kidding. I don't really care about that. You wish you had more colors in your wardrobe. <laughs> Black <laughs> lives matter to John. I'm really <laughs> by that clothes. Black clothes. He, yeah, he, so he supports it all through his clothes. I know. I know. This is like kind of cliche to say, but I'm pretty content with like who I am. So like, you're not fun at this. All right, moving on. <laughs> well, you didn't answer it. Uh, what go. trait do I most deplore about myself? I don't particularly care for my voice, which is interesting because I'm a speaker. Um, yeah, but your voice doesn't sound – it sounds different to you than everyone else. That, yeah, I, I probably – I would agree with that. Um, I – yeah, probably my voice – what was – I was just thinking of another one. Oh, I do have a personality trait that I wish was different, and I'm working on, like, becoming aware of it so I can change it when I need to, like, you know uh, – which is every time I look at something, I look at what's broken. It needs to be fixed. Systems, people, whatever. Like, I don't think you can fix that. I don't think, I mean, like I can, you can but become proactive about why fix it. When, when I say fix it, it not being the first thing I say. So like when I, when I message uh, our leaders, sometimes I'll just message them and say, Hey, make sure you do this. And then my next message to them is like, Oh, comma, LOL, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. How are you? Like, it's just, like, that's just the way my brain thinks. Now we're on a, now we're and, on a thing. And what, what, in my job description, I need to be better at that. There are other people that don't need, they may not need but to But what be. you're essentially saying is you want to be able to fix it to, because I can't think of another word right now, to placate to other personality types. I don't know about placating to the personality type. For me, it's being aware of what my leaders need. So it's not that they're demanding it from me. It's me knowing they need someone for me to be better for them requires me to be more available to an aspect of them that they don't all uh, need it. 
I don't need that for And me. I don't do that for you. I, I literally I, walk in your office and I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I know, like, but that's what I'm saying yeah. is like, you can't, that's the thing about personality. Yeah, like no. I, and I, that's what I said. I don't necessarily think but I have to other, do it for everybody. The other half of it is like, oh, I know you can talk, you you can talk have, around this all day. You would yeah. have to more than he would. No, and, and my thing is like, I wish I, what I'm working on getting better at is recognizing when I need to do it yeah. and making sure that it happens. Not that every person needs it knowing that I need to get better at it so that when the people that I'm sitting across from that I'm responsible to lead need it from me, I provide it. So at least I'm now at the point where I catch it fast enough to make it the second text or, message, not the first one. There don't need to be broken stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. All right. <laughs> Moving hey, if you don't like to be called out on all the broken stuff in your area, then stop. Then cease stop, having stop broken stuff. Stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's I why. That's why me and Justin get along so well, and John simple, rolls his eyes at us all day. Oh, because it's funny. Cause it's, you, guys, you guys like do this number, but it's like, funny. Y'all can't even like look hold at on. your own selves and say, "Oh, hold there's on, hold a couple on. things that no, aren't no. lining up exactly hold on. either." It is funny. Is it not true though? No, it's definitely true. No, it's true. It's true on both sides. Both of it them is. are true. Yeah. I the, we need to get better. I need to get better. That's the funny thing about like personalities. I totally agree. Because it is all true. Yeah, I totally need to get better. But so do other people. I'll do my part on my end, but I desperately need other well, people to do their part on theirs. Because to do what I said, essentially, is putting it on everyone else and not you ever having to do anything. Sure, yeah. It's like if someone came to me and was like, hey, Justin, you know, every time you address me in my department, all you're doing is pointing out the stuff that's, that's broken. Right. I could then say, one way to fix that would be what? <laughs> to Lo- not logically walk it out. Right, right, right. If this fix what's broken... And when there's nothing broken, I can't call out broken things. Sure. Now, that just then puts everything on everyone else, and you're walking around like you're sure. perfect all the time, and you're not. Right. So exactly. That's the. That's the. the, the some people need. En- some people need encouragement, no matter what. That's right. Right. Like you, that's what we joke about all the time. Like you don't need me to hold as your direct leader. Right. You don't need me to hold your hand. Like I don't have to do the whole like, hey man, good job. Doesn't mean I you don't like to hear not, it, but like, no. yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. So, all right, moving on. Um. What do you value most in your friends? Um, I value loyalty. Loyalty. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Define it. What? Oh, gosh. Because here's, here's, okay, here, here's my answer. <laughs> I value, for example, this past Saturday night, I was at my good friends, Leaf and Amy, yep. married couple. I talk about Leaf and Amy all the time. Leaf's one of my closest friends, him and his wife. We did like a little, you know, we burned in a stump at his house, made it into a bonfire. He he, good time. he smoked a butt, uh, a pork butt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for clarifying. Yeah. He smoked a butt. Um, you know, we ate and, and hung out. I haven't been to their house and hung out with them since October. Okay. You know, the holidays, and then, like, I had COVID, and sure. then at one point, they were quarantining because their daughter was exposed to COVID at school. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, the whole, whole not just yeah. me having COVID, but COVID. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen them since October, and no one cares. I yeah. don't care. They don't feel like, they have been around in a couple months, and, yeah. you know. Thought you liked us. Fall, I loved us. I thought we were pretty, know, yeah, 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 that whole you thing. You can't text nobody. It's none of that. Right. And if I, I can't have that. Like, not in my close circle of friends. Right. Like, I need to be, we need to be able to live our busy lives for two months and not see each other or barely talk and pick back up like nothing happened because it is okay. 
Right. I, okay. For me, I value that. Autonomy. I value that they have lives, and I'm not the most important thing in it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That makes and sense. And they expect the same out of you. Right. Like, I, if, if Leaf contacted me all day, at some point I'm like, bro, you have a wife and two kids. Like, right. why are you talking to me all day? <laughs> right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. So, we doesn't. You. So, it's like, man, I see, to me, it shows me what my good friend values in life, and it ain't me. And that's okay. And, uh, yeah, that's it okay. should be them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what that, I don't know what that, uh, don't know what that trait would be, but autonomy, maybe? Maybe autonomy, you know, know. but nonetheless, nonetheless. it's a good trait. Loyalty is a good one. Loyalty is a good one. But I don't know what that means. And I think it means means different things to different people, (laughs) different personality types. (laughs) Mm, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but I mean, like, I, for me, it's like, I need, I need friends who are going (coughs) to ride that line of always being there. If, if we, like, if we need each other, we're always going to be there for each other. Mm -hmm. If, (laughs) <laughs> this is his space. It's his uh, space. If he, decide, like, if, if he, he, I wouldn't say she because I don't really have very many like girl friends, right, 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 um, per se. But like, you're married. Yeah, I am married. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I guess it's just, I guess it's a little difficult to define, but in the sense of knowing that he, both of us have an understanding of we're always going to be there for each other. Yep. You know, and I think that's where the loyalty stems from. Yeah. I think it's. I think a lot of it too is like valuing you the same way you value them. Sure. I think that's a great way to define loyalty when it comes to friendship. Yeah. Value me the way I value you, and then there may be times and seasons where maybe you're less available than I am. But I also need you to know that there'll be a season where I'm less available yeah. than you are. Like as long as we're good and all of that. Like. But I. That to me, when I think of friendship, it's and when I think of friendship, I don't necessarily mean acquaintances. Like, when I think of, like, the 5, 10, or 15 people. You spend most of your life with. That are the closest when I think of friends like that is, like, there are several things. Like, going back to my example about Leaf and Amy. Yep. There is a, like, if, <clears throat> if Leaf was broke down and called right now, like, I'm going to go help them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, yeah, of course. there's that. Like, if there was that type of thing, that there is a loyalty in that regard. I think there are. I think there's a list of things. Maybe it's a layer. Sure. Layer. Yeah. yeah, yeah of there's, there's a bunch of things that yeah, are well, required to be close. You know, to yeah. be super no close. No I doubt. think it's yeah. hard to name one. I'm the same way, uh, John, as yours. You know, I kind of have a general three strike rule in my life. So like, I'll be, I'll proactively pursue a relationship with someone, or like a friendship, three times. After that. I, I cut it off, not to the degree like I won't hang out with you. It's like okay, I'm not, I'm not going to keep pursuing this relationship when you're obviously not invested in it, yeah. and maybe in the future you will be, but right now you're not. So I'm not going to keep just pouring into a relationship that's not pouring into me. Meanwhile, I've got all these other people I could be kicking it with. Yeah. You know, I say all these. That sounded weird. I do have a handful of people that are I like, mean, hey, I would love to go to lunch with you. Yeah, I'd love to. Group. Yeah, I'd love to connect with you, <laughs> and I'm saying no to them to pursue someone that's not trying to pursue me. And I think like so for me, it's like. Like, yeah. Let's let's make sure this relationship feels balanced. So I would sure. I would say so. All right, last one. Which band or artist, dead or alive, would you want to play at your funeral? Easy. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> okay. Hmm, that's a good question. It is a good question. Def Leppard. There is no other. Whatever y'all say is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it though? Yeah. Is it though? 
I have mine. I would accept Bon Jovi as an answer. I'm going to go with Mumford and Sons. What? That's a good one. No, it's not. That is terrible. Two, two, uh, two bands that I would also accept would be Dave Matthews bands and the Dave Matthew band and the Head and the Heart. But Mumford and Sons would be my answer. That is a terrible answer. No, I disagree. That is such <laughs> a terrible answer. Well, it, it may be terrible to you because you don't like them. Yeah, that's true. And I don't like them because they <laughs> Because suck. you only listen to bands that came out before they 1980? Have, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just sound, that's a terrible answer. It's a great answer. I'm not coming to that funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you are you're gonna die way before I'm going to. So it you doesn't think matter. So? I mean, you're scraping fifty now. Oh, because so. <laughs> of age. Uh, we give Justin a hard time about being the old guy in the office. Yeah, you're actually what, like sixteen months older than I am. I don't. I'm thirty-five. You're thirty-five. I'm thirty-three. When do you turn thirty-four? March. About a year. Year and a half. Year and six. Yeah. Yeah, 15, 16 months. Yeah. What's your what's your band? Oh, it's gonna be stupid. I can see by your face. <laughs> I, I'm thinking. Hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess, Sean. I want to guess. Um, it's, it's from the '90s. It's a mm, '90s band. It's not actually. I'm gonna, technically they probably started in like the late '90s. I'm gonna That's go good. with Good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? Some forty-one. So, <laughs> okay. That's no, funny. No. Sorry, you have to admit, Fall Out Boy. Is Yellow. it okay? What Yellow card. genre? No. Ja, genre? <laughs> it's kind of '90s alternative skater. Mm, it's leaning more towards the punk. Yeah. At a funeral. All right. Because he it? has Bon Jovi or who? who uh, Def Leppard. So who is it? My Chemical Romance. I was. Oh, we were there. It was like we were that. close. Yeah. No. Definitely '90s. My Chemical Romance. I actually thought of them and then said Good Charlotte. It's late '90s, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Like really? Yeah. Golly, that'd be oh. depressing on top of depressing. Yeah, that's the best part. Oh god, he's leaning hard into his four right now. <laughs> all right, anyways, well, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. We were all over the place all today, over. but we got some catching up to do. We've missed some podcasts, and so we're glad you guys tuned in for it. So, um, you heard some stories, got some history, and uh, learned a, a little time. bit about us. That's right, John. Thanks for being on. You're welcome. And. Uh, Justin, tell me where they can find more about the church. You can find us online, transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll yep. catch you guys next week uh, for another week, another sermon, another follow podcast. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at bradlivingston underscore and at justinoswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.